Are, are you comfortable with the trend you're seeing? Comfortable with eventually getting your state kind of, uh, there's no such thing as back to, to, to what things were, but closer to that. You know, we are. I just uh, had a press conference where I did my uh, update to the states, and we rolled out a, uh, a three-phased reopening plan, a very measured reopening plan. We feel good right now. Uh, we're going to be data-driven, and we're going to do a measured uh, phase one, two, and three reopening. Is May 1st uh, the date I would have picked given no external factors? Absolutely not. But I cannot deny that there are external factors and that they are not irrelevant. Governor Kevin Stitt announced last week that Oklahoma businesses will be allowed to reopen in a three-phased approach. As he said, the coronavirus pandemic in Oklahoma is trending in the right direction. The mayors of Oklahoma City and Tulsa said they disagreed with Stitt's announcement, but that their cities would go along. For The Frontier, I'm Ben Felder, and on this week's episode of COVID-19 in Oklahoma, my colleague Cassie McClung joins me to discuss the responses from Mayor G.T. Bynum and David Holt, what a phased-in approach to reopening may look like, and why some businesses may not go along with the plan. This episode was recorded on Sunday, April 26. Hey, Cassie, how's it going? It's going good. How are you? I'm good. I'm used to talking to you almost every day. I'm having some withdrawals the last week. I know. We, not doing this daily podcast anymore. I know. It's It's been weird. I mean, COVID, I guess the conversation around it hasn't went away at all, but these podcasts have kind of spaced out a little bit, huh? Yeah, definitely. Well, we're doing these podcasts every week now instead of daily, dropping on Monday. But as we saw last week, uh, we'll do an episode in between when, when the news uh, merits it. And, uh, you know, last week we, we did an episode after the governor had announced his three-phased approach to reopening the state. We're going to get into that here in this episode and also talk about the response from city leaders and some businesses. But before we get into that, can you give us kind of an update of, of where things stand right now when it comes to the numbers of cases, hospitalizations, and deaths? Sure. So I won't break down the weekend data too much because so much of the reporting is delayed over the weekend. So I'll just kind of go over the last week. So um, over the last week, there were 654 newly confirmed cases and 55 newly reported deaths. So as of Sunday, the state is at 3,253 confirmed cases total and then 195 reported deaths total. And since the hospitals don't compile those hospitalization reports over the weekend, I can tell you that as of, I think it was Friday, there were 649 cumulative total hospitalizations. So starting tomorrow or probably more Tuesday, we'll get a real look at data after the weekend lag. We'll see, you know, those newly reported cases and uh, newly reported deaths. We usually see a spike on Tuesday. So we'll be watching for that. And you talk about the hospitalization numbers. That's the critical key right now, as the governor mm -hmm. announced last week, that the data they're going to be closely tracking is that hospitalization number. And, in, and as right. long as the, the state has the, the capacity to handle the number of hospitalizations they're seeing on any given day, they're going to move forward with this phase. So what like what is that capacity? We talked about a little bit midweek last week, but just for those who may not have heard, what's, what is that capacity and, and what's the governor talking about when he says that's the data they're going to be following? Yeah, so when the, 
governor made his announcement on last Wednesday, which was the 22nd. There were 284 people hospitalized for COVID-19 cases or COVID-19-like symptoms. And so what they're looking at is the hospital bed capacity um, when kind of measuring where they're at in, I guess, handling or keeping a hold on um, this virus. So when Stitt made his announcement, like I said, there's 284 people hospitalized. And the governor at the time said the state had, I think, 15 times that amount of beds uh, to fall back on. So, and um, I think another one of his task force members said on that same day that even if the state sees some kind of spike in hospitalizations, it doesn't mean they're going to pull back on the reopening plans as long as, I guess, they have that capacity to handle more patients. So, um, you know, kind of like I said last week, I'm not sure where that trigger is. I'm not sure, you know, how many hospitalizations there would have to be for them to be like, okay, this is maybe too many. Yeah. And that's important to remember because if we start to see over the next few days that the hospitalization, you know, trend line goes up, that doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. mean that they're going to renege on this uh, reopening plan uh, as long as they feel like they still have the the capacity. Right. And we it looks like the state saw a peak number of hospitalizations in late March, and there was 562. And again, since those numbers aren't reported over the weekend, the latest we have is um, on the April 24th, and then there was 306 people hospitalized. So that number fluctuates a little bit. And like I said, we usually see a kind of a little bit of a spike on Tuesdays because hospitals lag a little bit in reporting over the weekends. Yeah. And our, our last uh, COVID podcast, our emergency episode late last week, we broke down the governor's order, but we were still waiting to mm-hmm. hear from city leaders, primarily the mayors of Oklahoma City and Tulsa. I mean, both those mayors have a lot of power, you know, leading the two biggest cities and and combined, you know, represent a, a major chunk of the state's population. So Stitt can make all the orders he wants, so to speak. But if, if Tulsa and Oklahoma City don't go along and then maybe some of the neighboring suburbs, there may not be too, too much punch to what the governor has to say. And on Friday, mm-hmm. we heard from Mayor Bynum of Tulsa and Mayor Holt of Oklahoma City. You wrote a story with our editor, Dylan Goforth. Uh, what do we hear from those mayors? Right. So um, Oklahoma City Mayor David Holt and Tulsa Mayor G.T. Bynum, they held back-to-back news conferences on Friday. And neither really seemed thrilled about the governor's plans to reopen businesses. And thrilled might not be a strong enough word. Um, So both mayors had said that May 1st is not the date they would have picked. And uh, G.T. Bynum, mayor of Tulsa, used a bit stronger language than Holt did during his announcement. He said Tulsa doesn't meet the White House criteria uh, to start reopening and that the city would inevitably see more cases. So he was frustrated. Um, He said at that conference that he didn't feel the city had gotten enough time to meet that criteria and that their cases are still picking up a little bit. And he also told uh, Dylan Goforth in an interview after that announcement that they had asked the governor for more time, but they didn't get it. And to kind of go back onto what Mayor Holt said in Oklahoma City, so both Mayor Bynum and Mayor Holt said it didn't seem fair to citizens in their city to ask them to keep their businesses closed. And the way they were kind of thinking about this is, you know, if you owned a restaurant in Oklahoma City and come May 1st, restaurants and more are open and, you you know, you're still not able to, it kind of defeats the purpose of keeping Oklahoma City closed. 
because if people are going, you know, from Oklahoma City to more to eat and then coming back to Oklahoma City, it kind of defeats the purpose of a, you know, a lockdown or closing businesses. So um, Mayor Holt and Mayor Bynum said they're going to go ahead and let their stay at home orders expire. And as of now, they're going to, you know, go along with the governor's plan. But Holt said and uh, Mayor Bynum said as well that if in the next week they do see some kind of change in the data, like a spike in deaths or hospitalizations or new cases, they could go back and revisit that and decide that, you know, despite what the governor says, they're not going to follow along with it. And there's an interesting response. I'm not really sure what I expected from Bynum and Holt. And, mm-hmm. and for the most part, they have not been publicly disagreeing with the governor in any kind of, you know, significant way. I mean, some of their press conferences have have hinted and some of their orders have have been different than the governor, but they've always kind of made an effort to say, we think we're on the same page with the governor. I know especially right. Holt has said, you know, we may be using different languages, but our orders are essentially the same and we're trying to do the same thing, even though mm-hmm. there's been some reports behind the scenes that both mayors have been frustrated with the governor. And the fact that their orders have been different in some significant ways. So it was it was always going to be interesting to see how they responded. And I I was kind of surprised that they responded in this way, that they mm-hmm. said that they disagreed, but we're going to go along with it. Any idea on why they may disagree with the order, but say, oh, we feel like we're just going to have to go along with it right now? Yeah, I think that kind of goes back to the, you know, if – Mayor Holt and Mayor Bynum decided to keep their cities closed, it would create a sort of patchwork of regulations across the state. And that's really not effective. So both mayors were pretty, I guess, their emotions were high in different ways during these press conferences. And I think one of their big talking points was, you know, both people in Oklahoma City and in Tulsa have closed down businesses. They've lost a lot of money. Um, You know, we've seen that across the state, but I guess their thing was if, you know, a neighboring city is opening their businesses, it's not really fair (laughs) to make um, people in their cities keep their businesses closed. And like I said, it's not effective anymore because you have that patchwork of regulations across the state. So you're not really containing the virus at that point. Yeah. You know, if people are in Oklahoma City and like, okay, I'm going to go eat more, but then they come back to Oklahoma City, it's 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 really not um effective yeah. to do it that way. It, there's a big equity issue in all this and, and, and since mm-hmm. the beginning. I mean, when Oklahoma City and Tulsa first announced they were closing, you know, one of the big issues was were the suburbs going to follow suit? I mean, if mm-hmm. and, and, and if Oklahoma City did stay open and there were cases, say, in Broken Arrow or Edmond and people were commuting into the city, I mean, and maybe bringing the virus with them. And then, like you said, on the flip side, what if Oklahoma City stays closed and neighboring communities are open and then they kind of lose that that uh, that sales tax base kind of shifts to these other neighboring cities. So it's really tough. I mean, obviously, both these mayors don't make these decisions in a vacuum of just their municipal borders. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the decisions they make have a have a big ripple effect. And the decisions of the neighboring communities obviously have a big, a big impact on, on Tulsa and Oklahoma City. One thing that I thought was interesting right right after is, you know, you, you flip through the cable news channels and uh, Governor Stitt was on Fox News talking about his okay. order. Uh, Norman Mayor Bria Clark was on NBC, MSNBC. You know, it's pro- she's probably one of the more progressive 
mayors in the state. And then I saw Holt on CNN, so maybe mm-hmm. kind of the middle of the road. So it was kind of interesting. They were kind of, um, and maybe some of them were on different programs as well. I just thought that was, you know, a very conservative governor on Fox, a progressive mayor from Norman on MSNBC, and then Holt was on CNN. Um, right. And so, uh, you know, all kind of like giving their rationale. I mean, Clark was a lot more critical of, of the governor. So the, this first phase actually started on Friday. And mm-hmm. it was uh, personal care services. So salons, uh, pet groomers, you know, maybe, a, you know, nail salons, hair salons. Um, you know, that's not really my world. So I'm not too familiar <laughs> with that, with those right. types of services. But it's not a big list. And, um, and the mayors said that they weren't going to go along with it on Friday. So it was kind of a way for them to have kind of a mini rebellion but at the same time, I'm not sure that that had a huge impact. It was kind of low-hanging fruit to them say, hey, we disagree, and we're not going to go along with phase one, but um, we are going to go along with phase two, which is which is the biggie with restaurants. Right. And like you said, so those places in Tulsa and Oklahoma City didn't open, but you know, here at neighboring Broken Arrow, just a few miles from Tulsa, they opened their services, and I think uh, more did as well in near Oklahoma City. So... Yeah, it was just kind of a little way to, I guess, say it's too soon. And I know David Holt said on Friday when he made the announcement that he wouldn't have picked May 1st, but he did acknowledge at the same time with no treatment or vaccine for COVID-19, he would probably feel the same way about reopening in August or even in November. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, his his address got a lot of attention. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there were very some interesting things, like you said. I mean, he said, hey, this is not the date I would have chosen, but I don't know what date would make I'd feel completely comfortable with. And he acknowledged, hey, he said, if you if you think we should be opening May 1st, it doesn't make you a bad person. Um, right. If you think we should be waiting until June or July, that doesn't make you a bad person. I mean, this is, this is a difficult situation. And I I know it's, it's easy to be, you know, it's, it's political as well. So obviously mm-hmm. we all kind of, you know, default to our corners on, when it comes to politics, but, uh, um, it's, there's, there's a lot of opinions out there. And at some point we were going to ha- probably have to just reopen under less than ideal circumstances. And that just appears to be what we're going to be doing here in the right. coming, in the coming weeks. So May one will be the opening of restaurants. One of the things that's interesting to me is I've seen a lot of reports. There's a big story in the Oklahoma on Sunday that, some of the biggest local restaurant owners are saying, hey, that's way too early for us to open up because A, we feel like it's still not safe or, mm-hmm. or B, it's going to take a few more weeks we, uh, for us to get up and running. And then some said, if we open up on May 1st and then in a couple weeks later, we do see another spike and we have to shut down again, they said, that'll be it. We, we couldn't survive a second closure. So it makes more sense for us to wait a few more weeks. So even mm-hmm. though the cities may be open, it doesn't mean we're going to see you know, all these establishments um, with their doors open. Right. I've seen that a little bit, um, you know, here in Tulsa as well. But I guess from that story, what are some of the reasons that, you know, waiting might be better than reopening and then closing again? I mean, how would I guess how would that be more financially detrimental than trying to get one or two weeks of service in? Well, it costs a lot of money to, to shut down. Mm-hmm. And, and there are also some implications of unemployment payments. Um, you know, some now some restaurants are going to have to start, are, are going to open up because they receive those um, payroll protection uh, funds, which are which are loans that kind of transition to grants if you put them, the majority of it, 
towards payroll. And my understanding of the article was that once you receive those funds, the clock is, I mean, you have to start doing it. You don't, you don't, you can't just wait a few more weeks to start paying payroll. So some restaurants right. will be up and running because they received the funds and they got to start pumping those into, into employee pay. And some actually mm -hmm. last week started opening for carryout services and said that they weren't really making a lot of money off of it, but they had to mm -hmm. start paying their employees because they received okay. those, they received those funds. Um, so that's so on the flip side. That's one reason why restaurants may start opening up um, on that date. But yeah, many just said that it, it's just really tough. I know there's one restaurant group here in Oklahoma City that they said they had 400 employees. And if you were to try to open up with everybody, and then in a few weeks later, you had to shut down again, you know, you have to make you have to place orders for supplies and food that's going to last for weeks, if not months. And so if you have to shut down, that's lost. Those, you know, you've basically lost that money. Right. And so some were saying that just the experience of shutting down once has taught them that they probably can't do it again. And they were going to wait. But others did say they were still fearful of, of the health risks, the health risks yeah. to their employees, health risks to their customers. And we know that the, the governor said that the reopening of restaurants is probably going to include some social distancing guidelines with maybe mm -hmm. tables spread out further and, uh, you know, the, the capacity uh, lowered than what it nor might normally be. So we will see some of those changes when restaurants open, but some are some are still fearful that uh, that we're not going to be in a situation where um, where it's safe to open up a restaurant. Right, and I'm curious to see too if customers are willing to go out to restaurants at this point because I feel like so many people, and you know, me included too, it's just it's it's a little nerve wracking uh, to go out in public right now. I mean, you, it's just it's hard to say you know when is the right time, when's a good time to start going out again and um, exposing yourself to other people? That's a great question. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be people on day one ready to go out. I mean, because mm -hmm. we know there are people who are ready to go out now. Sure. <laughs> I, I have felt, and I, you know, there's no data to back this up. It's just a feeling that I've had that since the announcement was made last week, at least over this last weekend, the streets of Oklahoma City seem to be a little bit more energetic. I mean, establishments mm -hmm. weren't back open, but just... I don't know, car traffic, you know, the park I live right next to seemed to be a little bit more festive. I mean, so I imagine that when the governor and mayor say we're going to open up next week, that that's that for some people that brings them a little bit of comfort and thinking, OK, the worst is behind us. Maybe it's safe to uh, to be a little bit more bold and going out. Right. No, I think you're right. And I've noticed a little bit um, of a change. And this is just totally anecdotally, like one off. So it could have just been a coincidence. But um, this Saturday, when I did my weekly grocery shopping, I noticed there was a lot, uh, I guess, fewer people wearing masks than mm. usual. So I don't know if it's kind of a new confidence people have that, hey, this thing is mostly over or what, but it's it's going to be interesting to see, you know, I guess not only how people start going back into normal life and, you know, whether we do see a new surge in cases after two or three weeks. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. What, uh, so let me just ask you, do you, do you wear a mask when you go out? I mean, what's your, what's your comfort level right now? I do. I, I always wear a mask when I go out and my husband does too. And I've, I've still been trying to limit how much I go out. Um, I, I do groceries like once a week and I've just, I've been, I've been having a lot of home time. What about you? Are you still wearing a mask or? How I am. It's kind of a homemade mask that my wife made. We ordered some masks mm -hmm. on Amazon that are, we're going to take weeks to come. And then I actually mm -hmm. ordered another mask from a local uh, men's store here in Oklahoma city that was kind of making okay. uh, hipster 
bespoke masks. So I mean, it's, <laughs> I got but, mine off Etsy, but so. it looked it looked pretty cool. So um, yeah, but uh, yeah, and and I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, I think I probably still will wear masks going forward, and it will be interesting to see if that becomes a new normal for a for a chunk of the population. I mean, I don't anticipate that months from now that I that I would still be per se, but I do think about as my wife will start to go out of me because for her, her job, she's, she's based at the house. She doesn't have to go out at all. And she's, she hasn't hardly at all. And then my son, um, obviously has not gone out, but you know, he plays a flag football league that got suspended with the closure of everything. They play, mm. they play their games in Edmond and the league said that based on this announcement, they're planning to start back up in mid May. And I got to be honest with you. I don't know that I, I don't know how I feel about that yet. I just, right. it's, it's hard to imagine me wanting my son to play a sport with other people mm-hmm. in close proximity in just a couple of weeks. But then again, I don't know, maybe in a couple of weeks we'll feel a lot more comfortable and better. I'm, I'm just not sure. Right. It's, it's hard to imagine right now. And I know a lot of gyms are opening, I think on May 1st as well. So um, that's just a conversation, you know, I've had to have with my husband is, you know, cause if one of us gets it, we're both going to get it. So we've been kind of having to go through when should we start, you know, going back into our hobbies, doing activities? So it's right now, you know, no decisions have been made. So it's just going to be kind of a, I think, a cross that bridge when we get there kind of thing. Yeah. And my my wife's employer, they're reopening next month. And so it, at some point over the next few weeks, she's going to be going back to the office. But it, we've talked about it. I think she's going to still work a couple of days at home because my son's going to be at home. Our son's going to be at home. And, you know, I... It, it wouldn't necessarily be feasible or safe for me to, you know, drag him around if I'm starting to go out more for interviews and appointments. Um, and, uh, you know, our son has type one diabetes, which is a, which, you know, is a, mm-hmm. a, a condition that they say is there is a risk, although there hasn't been a lot of evidence that, that it's hitting that population that severely, but still, I mean, right. you want to be cautious, especially with, uh, with a young child. So, um, I don't know. I think, I think our lives are still going to be oriented around trying to, um, mm-hmm. prevent, contracting the virus for for several months and you know I, I don't know if we're gonna be wearing masks in the fall but I can see myself when I go on you know go to the airport and go on flights or, or go some other places that maybe that will be something that becomes normal for me right and you know another thing I guess we just have to keep in mind is just because you know when May 1st hits it's not magically gonna go away kind of like you know, what we've been hearing from a lot of the medical associations and the mayors and even the governor that we're, you know, this virus is still going to be in our state and we're, we're still gonna have to worry about it. Yeah. Well, and, and as we said, with the, with the data that the state is looking at being the hospitalization capacity, that means we'll still have hundreds of people in the hospital. Um, Mm -hmm. we'll still have days where we probably see double digit deaths. Um, we'll still, you know, we'll still be living with stories of, of people that have contracted and died because of the virus, but we'll be open, you know, and we'll be, you know, we'll be having to go about some of our, our normal, normal business. And so I think that's going to be kind of an interesting reality to, to be in. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I know that's on everyone's mind is if Oklahoma is going to see another surge of hospitalizations and new cases and, I think uh, Mayor Bynum on Friday, he was he, he he used pretty strong words about it. He said Tulsa is going to see a lot of new cases. So it'll be interesting to watch that over the next few weeks. And, you know, even though things are opening up May 1st, we probably won't see the, you know, if there is a surge from that, we 
we probably won't see it for two or three weeks. We're, uh, I mean, we're by no means in the post-COVID world. Uh, mm. we're, we're still, we're still in the mid- middle of it, but entering, entering a new phase, um, and there'll be a lot of things to follow and to, uh, and to check out. So, well, hey, Cassie, yeah. thanks, for, thanks for your time. Thanks for the conversation. A lot of things to follow this week. Obviously, we'll be looking at those numbers like we always are, but especially hospitalizations mm-hmm. and capacity and, and see what that looks like. And um, as we uh, get closer to, to May 1, which is, man, that's next weekend, right? I know. I know. It's, it's wild to think of. Well, like, things, it's just kind of surreal to me. I haven't completely wrapped my head around things um, opening back up next week. So. Yeah. I, I keep acting. I keep thinking of the that date as like weeks in the future, but no, it's it's this next weekend. So we'll see if uh, if the if Mayor Bynum and and Holt if they end up do pulling the trigger or at least allowing their their orders to expire without any new orders. And uh, mm-hmm. we know we'll, know you'll be on top of it. So hey, Cassie, thanks. I uh, hope you had a good weekend. And enjoy the rest of your week. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Ben. That's going to do it for this week's episode. We'll have another episode of COVID-19 in Oklahoma next Monday, or another episode this week if big news related to the coronavirus pandemic drops. This Friday, you can catch an episode of Listen Frontier, the Frontier's other weekly podcast that explores the journalism of the frontier and conversations with those on the front lines of today's most important stories both podcast episodes can be found by subscribing to Listen Frontier and will appear in the same feed. If you haven't yet subscribed, do so to get the latest episodes as they're published. For The Frontier, I'm Ben Felder. Stay safe and healthy. I'll be back with you next week.